This is Donna Otto and we are Modern Homemakers and I'm missing my new partner Leah Parker in the studio today but this material is time sensitive because in a few days we're going to begin a process of preparation for Easter 2023. I can clearly remember the year that I switched holidays. Have you ever done that? I literally switched holidays. I thought, what is it about Christmas and what is it about Easter and all the holidays in between, but those two big ones on the church calendar, did I love, did I not love, did I wish were different, and I came right to Easter. I came right to Easter, I'll never forget it. And in that very sweep, I changed so many things in my life, in our family's life, in our celebration of holidays life, I don't send Christmas cards, I send Easter cards. And, and in the ministry's life, because I began that year talking about 40 days and 40 ways to prepare our hearts, our lives, our homes for Easter. And you know, 40 is the number, the number in the Bible, seven and 40, 40 and seven, 40 days and 40 years and 40 fasting days for our Lord Jesus. So today I want to open the season of Easter 2023 with a quote from a quote that means so much to me. And I'll explain why in a second. We are not converted only once in our lives, but many times. In this endless series, of large and small conversions, inner resolutions lead us to our transformation in Christ. Doesn't that just make your socks go up and down? I, I read that and tears just rolled down my face because I always sort of questioned the idea that I got saved once because I've had so many times when I think, oh, this is so new. I never knew this before, K-N-E-W, and it feels brand new, N-E-W, to me. And then I found this quote and I thought, not only does he, does he affirm what I think, the many times that God has come into my life and reconverted me, changed me from something, that's all conversion is, I'm going from one thing to another thing. I've been reconverted, I've been converted, how many times? And these inner resolutions that I make, many of them, most of them, even here in the work that I've been privileged to do for 35 years, which is very public, writing of books, speaking in uh, venues all around the world, modern homemakers, homemakers by choice before that, weekly for decades. Even in that, there have been many private conversions, many moments that only God and I know about. Well, maybe my fat journals, which I've been wondering what to do with next. So today I want to talk just a minute or two about these conversions. 
and this word transformation. Many of you have heard me talk about disciplines, the practices, the disciplines of a life of someone who has said, yes, I want to live for Christ. Someone who has said, I'm willing to make a change in my life. I'm going to do something different than I used to do. And most of those things are things we look back and say, I need to make a change. Whatever it is I'm doing is affecting me, my family, my wife, my work, my community, my church. These things that affect one another. I want to make a change. I need to make a change. And we submit ourselves. We surrender ourselves. Many of them are small surrenders. But we surrender ourselves to something new. It's a conversion. I'm converted from the old way to the new way. And in these conversions, we say, I'm going to take a new discipline. Lots of disciplines you can pick up and read about. I recommend to you a guest, a friend of mine, and a guest who's been here on our podcast, Adele Calhoun, who wrote an amazing, um, simple, simple book. Each discipline gets three and a half pages. And there are 76 disciplines in this big fat book. And I can't tell you how many times I pick it up off my shelf. As a spiritual director, people come to me and ask my counsel. They ask me to pray with them, to discern with them about decisions they're making in their life. And I often pull it off the shelf and say, let's see what Adele would say about this practice that might encourage you in this change in your life. So the practices that we talk about, especially during this time of preparation for Easter, often begin 47 days by the church calendar before Easter. Oh, don't please don't call me and ask me any questions about that. It's a mathematical wizardry, and I don't understand it, except I do know this. The church established these dates because they wanted to have 40 days to give people an opportunity to fast, to make peace, to rearrange, to convert, to add on, take off, or look into any part of their own life. And they gave 40 days, and at the end of the first six days, there was a break, and that was Sunday. And Sunday for liturgical churches is always a time of having communion, and that's a feast day eating the bread and blood um, symbols of Christ is an eating day. It's a feasting day. So whatever you might decide to add on, take off, or look into this year, take advantage of the 47 days. Take the six days to do what you feel you want to do, what you want to accomplish. And on the seventh day, feast. Eat if you've given something up. Don't read if you've taken something on. Take off, oh, put it back on. Whatever it is, you are aiming to have a converted moment in this time of preparing for Easter. He wants us to come into the wilderness with him during this time of 47 days. As he went into the wilderness, I was I had been changed over and over by the word of God, but I remember so clearly my understanding of the early part of Matthew when Jesus goes off, he first is being baptized, and then 
he has these great crowds following him. And when Jesus had been baptized, he came up from the water, and suddenly the heavens were open to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove, and a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved, in whom I am well pleased. The high moment, the high moment in this human life that Jesus was living on the earth. And the very next sentence says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted. I've been in many wildernesses, haven't you? I can't tell you that all of my wilderness have been led by the Spirit, because they haven't been. And wildernesses are difficult. They're harsh. They're hard. We can't help but question, why me? Didn't I learn this already? But this wilderness became the place where Jesus himself spent a clean understanding of what God had called him to do. So in these 40 days, I'd like for you to proceed with anticipation. Maybe this is the year you're going to have a different kind of Easter celebration. Maybe you're going to invite the whole neighborhood over. Maybe you're going to have a wonderful Easter egg hunk. Those of you who live in the Midwest and the North and the Northeast, probably a little soon for a green grass and an Easter egg hunt. But those of you who live elsewhere, or maybe it's an Easter egg hunt indoors and the children can look for eggs. But maybe you're just going to reconsider what you're doing for Easter and you'll make more of it. I may take a day in these next weeks of podcasting and talk to you about what Easter, the word Easter means and the kinds of associations we have with Easter. But it's one of those holidays that the merchandisers don't sell much. I mean, none of us are wearing hats these days, and we don't all go to church anymore. And so what about a new costume or a new outfit for church on Easter Sunday? And that's probably the biggest expense except for a meal. So this beginning of these next 40 days is a part of a calendar that lasts for 46 or 47 days. It does not include Sundays, and most churches have their celebrations and worships on those Sundays. This first day is often called Ash Wednesday, Ash Wednesday, and it comes out of a passage that's found in the book of Joel, where they have come to repent and, uh, and, and to receive a, punishing, a punishment for the things that have gone on between God and the children of Israel. And there were moments talk that in these passages that talk about ashes and change that needs to go into this repentance that often includes uh, repentance and prayer and fasting and self-denial and private acts, sometimes even public acts of generosity. So we start this day in many churches across the country um, in all denominations by coming together and celebrating by having this amazing opportunity to put some ashes on your forehead. Even when I didn't think ashes was a very good idea, I love the fact that I would have a cross on my forehead all day long and people would ask me why I had it or they would just notice that I had one. So maybe this year you'll find 
a congregation somewhere that you'll have ashes put on your forehead. It's just a sign. There's nothing about it any more than that. So then, what are the habits of God's people in the Old and the New Covenant? The 40 days is very symbolic. There's Mount Sinai with God. You can read that in Exodus 24, 28. There's Elijah at Mount Horeb, and you can read that in 1 Kings 19 and 18. And then, of course, there's the great Noah and the flood found in Genesis chapter 7, and we know about the 40 days. And then Jonah, the city to repent or to be destroyed, Jonah 3 and 4. The children of Israel, Hebrews, wandering, wandering around for 40 years, not 40 days, Numbers 14 and 33. And then, as I just said, the notion of Jesus, 40 days of temptation. So at this time, as you think about preparation, you might say, Donna, what do I read? What, what places in the scripture could I read to assure me that these things of preparation are found in God's word? Well, I mentioned Joel chapter 2, verses 12 through 18. And then Psalm 51. Now, I'm going to give you some verses, but could I encourage you to read the whole of Psalm 51? Read it with your children. Read it as a family. But specifically, verses 3 four, five, and six, and then 12, 13, and 14, and lastly, 17. Those notes will be available on our free resource on our website with the exact uh, scripture references. The last two are found in the New Covenant, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20, all the way through to chapter 6, verse 2. And then Matthew 6, 1 through 6, and 16 through 18. Some people ask me, well, how shall I pray? How shall I pray during these 40 days? Well, I think as often as we can pray, asking the Lord to give us his heart, asking the Lord to show us what he wants of us, especially in these early days of deciding what you might add on, take off, or look into. Mark 1.15 says, turn away from sin. Have you got any? I do. Have you got any sin that you feel, oh, I wish I would stop that. I wish I didn't have that in my life anymore. Well, maybe this is the time and the season to turn away from that sin. Mark chapter 1, verse 15, and I'm going to read it to you. <clears throat> and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come. Repent and believe in the good news. Repentance is not a word our culture really loves. We don't like pain and we don't like repentance. And often we have pain because we don't repent. So for your own space, I would just suggest you ask yourself, how do I actually feel about the word repentance? And how do I feel about turning away uh, from something that I know is not in accord with God's word? The intentionality of these days are to make some space. Just make some space. If that's for prayer, for reflection, 
for reading, if it's at an altar or under a tree or on a hiking trail, just make some space. And then I would recommend that you use a symbol, any kind of symbol, but here are a few suggestions. A cross. Maybe you have a cross hanging on a wall, or you have a cross laying on a shelf, or you want the children to make a cross. And let me pause here for a minute and tell you that we are trying to get the 40 ways in 40 days, crafts for each child, to our website that's very easy for you to pick up all 40 or one a day. They are simple crafts that you can do with your children to draw their attention to this preparation for Easter. They, they need Crayolas and paper, simple things, scissors. Uh, they're very simple, as I said, I created them, so I promise you they're simple. Uh, use a symbol though, maybe it's a Bible, maybe it's the color, maybe it's the color of white, or black, or purple. And then I would encourage you to sacrifice something. Just sacrifice something. Maybe it's something that you're gonna sacrifice as a family, your favorite chip all through the 40 days, but on Sunday you can eat them if you like. Give up something, fast from something or anything. I will never forget a class that my husband taught to young married couples. There were about 100 couples in that class. And he came in to our church, which is a church that did not have alcohol on the, on the premises. And he opened up his grocery bag, and on the, on part of the things he took out of the grocery bag was a bottle of beer, and then folded up was a cardboard TV frame. Everybody recognized it, even though the TVs were much bigger in those years. And he said, I want you to consider some things that you might like to give up. And he held up these two very, very um, in, inviting activities, in activities that pretty much every one of those young couples was engaged in. And then he said, when you give it up, let it remind you of some kind of suffering, especially the suffering of Christ. And so in context of giving up a sacrifice, that sometimes is an adding, an add-on. Add something, like a new habit, a new reading, an additional uh, worship service, uh, a group study. Just gather a group for the next six weeks and read some of the illustrations from the Bible. So let go, give up something, take off, Add on, add something, a new habit. And then how about looking into increased generosity? Increased generosity. Cards, letters, tokens of affection, prayers. Matthew tells us in the great Sermon on the Mount, don't let one hand know what the other hand is doing. Maybe you want to make this secret generosity. Maybe you want to encourage your children to do something in their classroom, in their neighborhood, for another member of the family. Maybe you all want to draw names without telling anyone. I don't know. Little children would have a hard time keeping that secret alone. But that you would encourage them as a mother or father ahead of your family to say, these next 40 days, we want to 
be an increased activity. Do something new. Give up something that we like to spend time on, but would like to, for this time, sacrifice that time and be generous with it. Toward the end of these 40 days, I will travel with you from Palm Sunday to something that I'm very proud of, and it's what I call the Week of Weeks. Hmm. Most people around the world call it Holy Week, but I one day was caught with the realization as I looked through the Synoptic Gospels and read everything that went on the Week of Weeks, the fig tree that was told to never have a fig again, the Thursday that Christ came together and washed the feet of his disciples and offered for the first time the bread and wine, the crucifixion, the quiet Saturday of waiting, and the Sunday resurrection. That week just struck me. What a powerful week. And it's not just one day. It is 40 days, 40 days that our Lord was alone in the wilderness, sent by the Spirit, tempted, tempted in the many ways. Three of them are written in the scriptures that you can read. And then he came to the week of weeks, and every day was very intentional because he knew, as he prayed in the garden, if it be your will, Father, you can relieve me of this pain, but if not, we go together. And they did. So this is what I propose for you in these 40 days to prepare your heart, your head, your family, and your Easter celebration. 40 ways in 40 days to prepare for Easter. Provided to you by Modern Homemakers. Remember, the common begin and the uncommon finish. Go out and make it a very uncommon 40 days of preparing for Easter.